If you want massive ruts, do this. If you don't want massive ruts, then don't do this. Welcome to The Underestimated Entrepreneur, where I share mindset, lifestyle, and business hacking tips, tools, and some painful lessons along my journey from growing my businesses, and also working with some of the top entrepreneurs, business leaders, and professional athletes. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Underestimated Entrepreneur. If you don't know who I am, I'm Michael Mojo. I'm the owner of Mojo Human Performance Institute. We focus on business, mindset, and lifestyle hacking for driven mofos. The reason why I do these episodes is because most people waste their life and I just don't want you to be one of them. So if you don't want to have massive mental and emotional ruts and beat the shit out of yourself and go around in circles and feel like crap and torture yourself inside of your own brain, then you need to be aware of this one massive pattern that normally keeps most people moving towards that direction of their next rut and they don't even realize it. Now, I realized this years ago when first things first, when I was younger, like I was mental in my own head as in, I mean, mentally like crazy. I used to beat the shit out of myself, tell myself how crap I was. I hated myself at the age of around 15. I was ready to end my life and I was pretty mentally destructive. And then what ended up happening was I ended up starting listening to some audio products and those audio products were talking about being grateful, having gratitude. I started watching things like The Secret and I thought, wow, you know, I can control my own mindset and I can get on top of this stuff and it's really important, which 100% it is. In fact, it's the most important thing you'll ever do, which is normally weird because most people don't really invest in their mindset, which is fucking crazy considering it's the biggest thing that'll fuck up your life or create a great life, yet it's like the least invested thing that people even think about. People spend more money on their on their depreciating car than they will on their mindset and they wonder why their life's fucked. This is how most people operate. But what I ended up finding was that the more and more I went to these motivation events, the more I'd feel wicked and I would, I would love them because I'd get all jacked up and amped up and fist pumped the air and you know I'd be going crazy and for a couple of weeks after I'm feeling amazing like yes I'm going to take over the world and I'm super productive and then all of a sudden I go through this huge stage of burnout I beat the shit out of myself I feel guilty I hate myself I'm not achieving anything I don't know where I'm getting why I'm getting anywhere in life and then I would come back out of that and I would go to my next motivation event I would read my next motivation book, I would get all jacked up again and off I would go back into this cycle. And what I didn't realize was that the more I was chasing my highs of being emotionally high, which I called motivation, and that's, you know, there's a massive difference between motivation and inspiration. Being inspired is doing things that have both pleasure and pain. So I love working and I'm inspired to work because I love what I do. And that normally comes with both pleasure and pain. You know, most of my days are quite challenging, but most of my days are quite rewarding. And so those two things counterbalance themselves. When you're a parent, you'll know that your kids are your dream and your nightmare at the same time, but that's why you love being a parent and why you love your kids and you'll be inspired to be a parent if that's the case. If you look at one side and you go, my kids should always be happy, my kids should always be nice, my kids should always be kind, then you'll feel like shit and you'll keep going through ruts and you'll beat yourself up and feel like a bad parent because of this idea or this attachment that you have of everything being perfect all the time. Now, that same thing happens when we're motivated. When we try to be super motivated all the time, you'll eventually burn out because you've got an exaggeration of your energy levels at a heightened state. And most people do that because of fear and because of pain. There's a psychological response that happens that when we're in in pain, we seek pleasure. And when we're in fear, we try to seek the avoidance of that fear by doing things that either make us excited or things that give us pleasure, or or we just, you know, we'll do things that that tend to make us forget about the, the fear or whatever it is. Now, that's how most of society live. And so it seems normal to everybody to be like that, but it's not normal. And I think that the majority of the mental health issues that we see now that are expressed from most people and uh, seem to be plastered all across social media are normally because 
because of these false ideals that people have around the way that life should be and that they should be motivated all the time, they should be happy all the time, that people should accept each other, that everyone should get along, that people should be kind, that we should be nice all the time, that we should just be able to make money, we should be productive all the time. All of those things will fuck you up mentally and throw you in your next rut. Most people don't realize that the reason why they have ruts is because of the peaks that they keep chasing. Remember, you can't have a high high without having a low low. And when you're low, most people just crave the next high and they go, well, everything will be better when all this stuff happens. And so they chase their next high, not realizing that it's going to lead to their next low. And so they keep going through this thing called a vicious cycle. And those vicious cycles are cycles that keep repeating themselves that they can't figure out why they happen. But they're pretty obvious when you understand human behavior. And when you understand some pretty solid sciences, you understand that you can't have a positive without a negative and a negative without a positive. And in fact, if you're in front of a computer right now and you're watching this online or you're listening to it, just type in what is the net charge of the universe and you'll see that zero. Now, if that means that there is no positive or negative net charge in the universe, it means that everything balances itself out um, in as far as a charge state. I won't get into the physics of this, but it essentially means that neutralization is happening whether we like it or not. And so if we think that this highly energetic state that we want to be in consistently because we feel good about it, that attachment to feeling good and highly energized is going to make us burn out and feel like shit. And so we get the counter production of that. And so chasing things that we perceive are pleasurable will always lead to pain. And that pain will make us crave pleasure again. A little while ago, I was working with a group of people and I was talking about this and it had to do a lot with eating. They asked me to come in and do a talk around uh, human behavior and human psychology and vicious eating cycles and vicious eating patterns. And I said, it's the craving or the thought process of trying to be good all the time that fucks up your diet. When you realize that you just eat things and if you stick under a certain amount of calories or whatever, you'll be fine. Or if you need to increase your calories, you'll be fine. But when you think that there are good and bad foods and you, you go, I'm just going to eat really, really good, eventually you'll go through a massive binge eating cycle because it has to balance itself back out. That's why if you also have a massive deficit of calories, you'll eventually have a surplus of calories. And that's why you have feast and famine cycles. So the famine is where you starve yourself or when you eat low amounts of calories, and then you'll go through this feast cycle where you'll binge eat. Um, and I used, to, I used to go through those cycles as well, especially when I was working in the gym because of those things, they balance themselves out. So if we're not aware of these patterns of behavior where we keep chasing after this ideal or this idea of being motivated all the time, you won't realize that your lack of motivation is normally directly correlated to your ability to overwork yourself or your ability to be hyperactive, which then will lead to hypoactivity or low activity. So these days, I don't even think about being motivated and I don't even really think about being happy. I don't really even think about things being good or bad in most cases. Like I'll label them as such when I'm communicating. But most of my day, I just wake up and I do the things that I love to do. And most people mistake love for passion. So I just want to clarify this. If you look at the etymology, which is the history and the meaning of the word passion, it means to suffer. So when you read the great texts of a lot of the great philosophers, you'll realize and you'll see that they keep talking about the avoidance of the passions. And the reason why they say that you should avoid your passions is because that if you're chasing something that you perceive is pleasurable, eventually it will lead to pain. And if you chase things that you're passionate about and you're excited about, that excitement is an elated state, which normally means that you'll end up in a depressed state. And so these become vicious cycles that most people go through. Now, I'm not really talking to, I know there's a lot of people out there that'll be confused by this, but this is why it's taken me like 10 to 15 years to piece all this jigsaw puzzle together of human behavior that most people never even understand. And even some of the greatest motivational speakers on the planet still don't even understand probably a 10th of what I teach because they just, they, they don't understand and they keep teaching people to be motivated or to follow your passions without realizing that the idea of motivation normally leads to people's burnouts and ruts and their self-depreciation beating the shit out of themselves mentally and emotionally and feeling depressed. They also don't realize that if you chase your passions and the things that you're excited about or the things that you're elated about, 
eventually you realize that there are downsides and that there are negative consequences to doing so. And you'll end up back in a rut or beating yourself up or feeling like shit. And it was also Confucius that said that the source of unhappiness is chasing the idea of happiness. And so the more we try to be happy, the more unhappy we become because it's something that's fleeting. And we can be happy in moments, but that doesn't mean that we can live happy. And I hear people spruik this shit all the time where they say things like, well, you know, you can be grateful. You know, you should just be grateful. Well, that's a point in time. And as humans, and if you're intelligent and just think about this, how many moments throughout the day does your do your emotions change? Like you might be calm one second, frustrated the next, upset the next, you get your coffee, then you're happy, then you're, you're energetic, then you start feeling tired. And so our emotions, like if you jotted down every second and try this, just try it, go through an hour and every, I don't know, 10 minutes, set a beeper on your phone or even every five minutes and just write down how you're feeling that moment in one word. So five minutes, beep, and you go calm. Five minutes later, beep, okay, I'm stressed. Beep, enthusiastic, beep, feeling flat. You realize that your whole day is this up and down of emotions. There is no one stable emotion the whole day. So in order to think that you should be grateful, that's saying that grateful is a state that you need to live in and it's not possible. Just like being inspired isn't a state that you can be in, you will have multiple moments of the day where you might be inspired, but you'll have so many other moments as well where you have different emotional states. If you base your life on those emotional states and thinking that you should just be one emotional state, you will fuck up your life because you'll realize that you can never ever do that. And this is why a lot of people get depressed and a lot of people get sad from what I've seen and from my experience working with a lot of people is that so many people base their life on ideas or ideals that are just fucking stupid because they've never really thought about them. And thinking that you should be motivated all the time is ridiculous. And I used to think that, you know, I was that core, like, you need to be motivated, get all pumped up, fist pump the air, woo. And I would, you know, I would, I would even tell people that that's what they should do until I realized that I was burning out all the time, that I was beating the shit out of myself, that I hated myself, that I was going through these huge emotional ruts, that, you know, I would go through these binge eating cycles, that I would avoid doing work, that I would procrastinate a lot, that I would self-sabotage. And all of these things were directly correlated to this idea that I needed to be motivated all the time, that I always needed to be productive. I needed to be doing everything. You know, I wanted to achieve these massive goals and I got to go hard and I got to work hard and I got to push hard, but they have their polarity. So that's one side of the equation. The other side is that if you work hard, you need to rest hard. If you're productive for an extended period of time, you normally need time to think through things. So you'll need time away from doing that. Now that all might be productive and moving towards something, but you can't just be one side all the time. If you're happy, you will be unhappy. Like there are times that that happens and the higher, the higher, the lower, the low. So the most depressed people that I've that I consistently have seen throughout my experience in coaching and um, you know working with tens of thousands of people who have come to our events over the last 15 or so years, and even when I was a personal trainer working in that industry, the most depressed people that I would ever come across would live with ideals. And those ideals were the idealistic life. I should be happy all the time. Things should be easy. Life shouldn't be that hard. Yeah, you know, everyone should support me. People should be kind to me. People should be kind to each other. The world should be peaceful. All of these fucking ideas that were so stupid that it, like you ask them, when in history has there ever been peace on earth? And they go, well, I don't know. And I go, well, how can you even think that that's possible if you've never even researched it? And they go, well, that's a good point. And I go, well, tell me, what does happiness look like? And they're like, well, you know, everything should just work out all the time. And I'm like, who do you know who everything works out all the time? They're like, "Mm, nobody. And I go, okay, well, so what makes you think that it's possible? And they're like, well, it just should be. And I'm like, okay, you keep believing that shit, but you just keep being depressed and beating the crap out of yourself and fucking hating life. Like that's probably the best case scenario that you're ever going to get to unless you change that. And I think that a lot of our pain and a lot of our suffering comes from us having to break the addictions that we have to ideals that 
don't work for us anymore. It's just hard. It's it's hard to do that because you need to be intelligent and question yourself. And sometimes it can be a bit mind shattering when you've got to question things that you've believed in for so long. And that's why I think that people who want to grow and who want to learn and who want to expand their way of thinking, they're highly courageous. You know, I don't think the smartest people always come to my events, although we do get some smart people. And I don't think the, the best business owners or the most intelligent business owners come to my events. But what I know is that the majority of them are fairly courageous. In fact, I would say that a lot of them are courageous because I've got to look in the mirror and go, things aren't working or I'm not getting the results that I want or you know, I'm not feeling the way that I want to feel about life. And so something's got to change. And so they tend to be more courageous than those who just keep going, I'll figure it out one day. I'll work it all out. I can do it all myself. And, and they just keep repeating the same patterns over and over and over again. And it keeps them stuck. They just don't even realize it. I've met people before that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars and are some of the most fucking miserable people that I've ever met. And I look at them and I go, man, you don't know what you're missing out on in life by just being the way that you are and by not being open to changing and thinking that you've got all the answers. And you might be good at business, but like being up to your fifth marriage and having kids that don't talk to you anymore and being, you know, 50 or 60 or 70 kilos overweight with heart disease and diabetes and all that shit. Like this stuff ain't working for you. But I've said this before in other podcasts, you know, most people don't think, they think they think. And so they just don't correlate these things or they don't have time to think about it. It's not their fault. Like, no, this is no one's fault at all. And I don't want anyone to think on any of my podcasts that I'm blaming people or it's just that, you know, we all go through cycles. And I hope that for those of you who are listening to this, these episodes that hopefully they're making you question things and ask better questions and think through things differently. Because if we don't challenge our thinking, we can just become stuck in our thinking. And, you know, there are, there are just so many people in our society who get stuck and some of them are, are professionals. You know, I, I speak to a lot of professionals in different fields who are stuck on ideas that don't work, yet they just never question them because the majority of their industry don't think either. And there are some really great examples of this. And I see this in the mental health space all the fucking time, like almost every day where people in the mental health space are spruiking ideas that they've never even thought about. Like the whole idea of positive thinking, if you just do a little bit of research into other fields of science, you realize that a positive charge attracts a negative charge in order to stabilize. Now, if you want a stable life, you need to have stable thinking. You don't want to have positive thinking all the time because positive thinking will lead to your negative thinking and people will express their positive thoughts, but they're a counterbalancer to their internalized negative thoughts. And the more someone is negative on the inside, the more they crave positive thinking. And so sometimes the people that are the most excited about being positive all the time are sometimes some of the most self-destructive. Um, and I'll be, I was working with a client, um, I still am working with this client, who I was teaching a lot of this stuff to and it's changed his life because he used to think that the people that he wanted to hang out with all the time always had to be positive and super supportive. Yet there were decisions that he was making in his business and in his life that kept putting him into these vicious financial cycles that he didn't that he couldn't figure out. When I taught him this, he said some of the best conversations he has now come from challenging conversations where people are open to speak freely and speak their mind that challenge his current way of thinking because there are downsides to the way to the way that he thinks. And if he doesn't think through the upsides and the downsides, then you can get caught out with the downsides without even realizing it. But he was addicted to positive thinking. And in fact, when I met him, he wanted to go and do all these spirituality courses because he wanted internal peace. And he was like, you know, I want to be peaceful and, you know, I've got all this chaos. And so, you know, I just, I just need to get on top of it. And so, you know, I need to go and meditate and I needed, and I was like, dude, this is fucking stupid. This is crazy. Like all that's going to happen is you are going to try and be peaceful at the expense of your own mental health. And I said, I've met many, many people who spend the majority of their life meditating, going to spirituality workshops, doing all this shit, trying to create internal peace. And all it does is it makes them more stressed, more frustrated. They become these crazy fucking conspiracy theorists. And by the way, no crack at conspiracies because I think there's there can be truth in, in some of them. But when you're crazy and erratic, you won't be able to see the truth anyway because you over amplify 
just shit and you'll start seeing things that aren't even there. You'll create false positives. We'll get into that in another, in another story. But um, you know, this idea of needing internal peace, like who said you need internal peace? There is times of peace and there are times of war and you'll have both of inside your own mind and you'll go through those stages. Like I have days where I'm very peaceful and calm and focused where, you know, I'm really clear on what I need to do. And then I have other days where I'm off track and I don't know what's going on and my mind's chaotic. But what it teaches me is to go back and do the work, do my own mental work, go back and get clear on things to make sure that I'm understanding the objectives I'm trying to achieve, to make sure that I'm aligned with my values and my mission and my core purpose in life and get back to it. And so we go through those stages and we move in and out of being peaceful and at war with ourselves in our own head. We've all probably seen this. I don't know if you've ever seen someone who goes to like all these spirituality workshops and they preach peace and they preach all this inner calmness and all this shit. And then all that happens is they then get on social media and say that the government's controlling everybody, that they're being manipulated, that there's all this conspiracy that, you know, it's the government trying to crush people and control people. And it's the big banks that are doing everything. And it's big corporate business that are destroying the world. Let's be honest. They aren't that fucking peaceful. In fact, the world that they see is not peaceful at all. They're at consistent war with themselves and also their, the world that they see. Both of those two things are happening inside their head, yet they preach peace and they go and burn incense and sit around with all their friends who meditate and make no fucking money and have no impact on the world because they all talk about peace, but they sure as shit aren't doing anything to change anything in society in most cases. Now, that's not everybody. There are some out there who, who are doing this, but even if you go and read work from the great spiritual leaders like the Dalai Lama and so on, he, he jokes about this stuff where he'll talk about some of these ideas and he breaks them apart and he can be quite humorous and I've even heard him make some pretty vulgar and grotesque jokes which I laugh at because he's, he's quite a funny guy. Now he's just a human having a human experience. He's not walking on water or anything like that. He's he's a person but a lot of people create these ideals around life which then screw them up. So I think that this is you know the perfect opportunity to hopefully make you think about whether these ideals are causing your ruts, are causing you to self-depreciate. You know I have a lot of people who come to me and they say Michael I'm not where I want to be in life and I go well how does that make you feel and they go well like shit and I go okay well where should you be and they're like, well, I should be making millions of dollars and, you know, I'm fucking 22 and I haven't bought a house yet and I'm not married and I don't have kids and I'm not a squillionaire yet and I haven't got a Ferrari and I haven't got a helicopter. And I'm like, dude, you must feel like shit. And they're like, yeah, I do. I hate it. You know, I should be there. And I'm like, well, why? Why should you be there? What gave you the thought that that's where you should be? Like, it's just these are imposed ideas that we create and that we place on ourselves that have no meaning. And like, it doesn't help them live a better life. And I hear this consistently, like, you know, I should be a better parent. Well, why? Who said you should? Like, why Why is that influencing you? Like, aren't you doing the best with what you've got? Did you wake up today and say, oh, how can I fuck up my kids? And they all say no. And I go, well, why do you think that you're doing that then? And it's not until you question them, they realize that they're just doing the best that they can with what they've got and the skill sets that they have. But most people create these implanted or idealistic views around the way that they should live, which screw them up. And I think being motivated and being energetic all the time and working hard, especially for driven people is super challenging. You know, And I know that what I do is, and this is why I say that I work with driven mofos because the mental and psychological patterns that they have are normally different from the average person. You know, I talk quite a lot about this with mental health practitioners. They're like, well, you know, the majority of people are lazy. They're just intrinsically lazy. And I'm like, no, they're not. They go, yeah, they are. And I go, no, they're not. Some people are and some people aren't. It depends who you work with. The majority of people I come across and the majority of people who come to my events are super driven. They want to achieve more. If you speak to them and you say, are you a driven person? They will say no, because in their own head, they're not doing a lot. But if you take them to the average and you go, the average person works 38 hours a week, the average person doesn't really want to work 38 hours a week. And they probably get maybe five to 10 hours of productivity a week. The majority of people want long weekends. They want to be lazy. They don't really want to work. They want to get paid highly and not contribute. And this is a large population 
population of our society. And they go, well, I'm not like that. And I go, I know you're not. So therefore you're, you're a driven person. You're a driven mofo. But in their own mind, they feel like they're lazy because that two hours that they sat on the couch last night, they go, oh, I didn't, I didn't get anything done then. I didn't jam pack my day with that. And that makes them feel like shit. But it's because they think that for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they should just be flat out all the time. They should be super productive. But that can only come when you've got time to think, when you've got time to process, when you've got time to allow your body to heal, when you've got time to integrate thoughts and ideas. So you need that time away from being super productive and on the run all the time and doing shit all the time in order to be able to integrate that so that you can do that again. But most people don't think like that. Going back to it, we've got to be very, very careful about the ideas that we impose on ourselves, not live with idealisms. We need to be able to question things effectively and make sure that we're asking really good questions like, why is this important? And get clear with that. Like I think one of the most powerful things that I do at Thrive Time is help people build their success map for life so they know where they're going. You know, I, I think that most people want to be productive that I come across and want to achieve. But when you ask them why they're doing it, they don't really know. They'll say things like, I'm doing it for my family, which is absolute bullshit in the majority of cases because most people aren't doing it for their family. They're doing it for themselves, which then makes them feel good. And the impact of that is that it helps out and benefits their family. You know, a lot of people say, well, you know, I want to make more money. And I go, well, why? Why do you want to make more money? Like money is just the exchange of value. It doesn't mean anything. It has no other value apart from the exchange of value. And so you can buy more time with it by employing more people or whatever. But also it can be, you can live a life of depreciating liabilities where you feel like shit because you keep buying things and they stack up and you've eventually got to get rid of them. Or you can do things that make the world better or make your life better. So something that I also know is that everybody's selfish. And when someone goes, well, I'm, I'm selfless, like I want to be a selfless person. I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking selfish because in, you can't be selfish without being selfless and you can't be selfless without being selfish. You know, when Oprah Winfrey gives away $2 billion to a charity or a million dollars to charity, she can do a lot more work than old mate Bob who gives his bloody 50 cents a week to a charity. Now, some people go, oh, that's, you know, because she's got more money. I know she does, but that's because she's very selfish and works extremely hard and does what's important for her in life, which then enables her the ability to be selfless. And that's why, the greatest people who contribute the most to most um, philanthropic causes are normally extremely wealthy because they've lived many of, much of their life by being selfish and doing the things that are important to them so that then eventually they can be selfless and give back. Now, those who tend to give everything that they've got to others when they've got nothing, they're really not giving much. So there is a beautiful point of both being selfish and selfless. But what I do know is that all humans do things that make them feel good. And so when someone says it's important to look after your kids, what they're saying is it makes me feel good to look after my kids. When someone says it's important to help others, what they're saying is it's important for me to feel good to be able to help others. And so we all do things that are self selfish because our own check-in and our own markers in life happen internally and within us. So everybody does that. Now, I think that it's really important to keep asking the right questions in life to make sure that we're, we're on track with our selfish, selfishness, selflessness, our motivation, our the times that we're unmotivated, our inspirations, our the moments of gratitude that we have, and all the other moments that we go through in life and just check in to make sure we're on track with what we're really trying to achieve in life. Or... Are we just completely off track, have these idealisms, want to have peaks without troughs, want to have highs without lows, want to be positive all the time, but it's mentally fucking us up because we realize that, you know, we can't be positive all the time. And even though we're trying and the harder we try, the worse it gets, or that we're trying to be peaceful all the time. Yet the more we try to be peaceful and the more we meditate, and the more we try to be calm and the more we talk about peace, the more we see a chaotic world of people fighting amongst each other and people taking advantage of others and governments controlling people and all that sort of stuff. You know, most people never really check in with that. So, you know, I hope that this episode really inspires you to check in with yourself 
and really think about these things and ask yourself, are you getting the best results you want in life and are your peaks causing your troughs and are your highs creating your lows and are your lows contributing to the cravings of highs that you have? And if these are the case, maybe come and check out my Thrive Time event. I'll break all these fantasies and, and really give you some great tools to help you live a more balanced and a more stable life so you can really achieve what you want and actually enjoy doing it um, in a way that's fulfilling. Anyway, I hope that that helps Driven Mofos. If you haven't hit up our YouTube channel, go jump across to it, Michael Mojo double zero on YouTube, or just type in Michael Mojo on YouTube. You'll see my channel come up. Hit that subscribe button because I am dropping these episodes where you can watch me, uh, watch me on there. So I'm doing these on the YouTube channel, but also I will be dropping some uh, extra added value trainings over the next couple of months. So please jump on there, check them out as well. You want to make sure that uh, they pop up and you see them when they're when they're up there. So uh, jump across and hit that subscribe button. Um, also hit me up on socials. Let me know what you think of these podcasts. I'd, I'd really love to hear from you. So I'm um, jump across. It's Michael Mojo on all our social media platforms. Normally my thread is Michael Mojo double zero. If you do get hit up with any crypto or any, any investing stuff where people start talking to about investing, I guarantee they're not my accounts. People are setting up false accounts these days and are copying the amount of subscribers I have and they're putting all the posts in. So someone's gone back and putting all the posts in and they're preloading them all. Normally you can see this because if you click on the majority of the posts, they're all posted on the same day. So if it's done on the, tw if all the posts are on the 22nd of a month or they're split up into, you know, 20, 20 posts on the page are done on one day. And then the day after 20 posts are on the next day, you can tell that it's a fake account. Um, and so I've been trying to teach people about this because I do get hit up most days and, I'm, and someone will say, hey, Mojo, I keep getting these things about crypto and it doesn't sound like you. And I'm like, it's because it's not me. So please don't, please report if the page is hitting you up about crypto and or uh, trading shit like foreign exchange trading or any of that sort of stuff or trying to sell you stuff, please just report them. But yeah, I'm Michael Mojo, double zero on any of our social media platforms apart from Instagram. And it's just the zeros and O's are switched around. But if you just type in Michael Mojo in there, you'll see the page and just hit the subscribe button or the follow button. And um, yeah, follow me along. Anyway, I hope that this helps everybody. And also appreciate all of those of you out there who are sharing this stuff as well. Um, I have seen quite a lot of people sharing uh, the podcast episodes, um, either on iTunes or Spotify, um, or even sharing some of the YouTube clips and, and sharing stuff from my social media platforms as well. So I really appreciate it. You know, the more I can get this stuff out there, the more people I can help and the more hopefully we can help people become more driven. So um, anyway, I hope this helps. Never underestimate the dream driven mofos. 